On the show today, Rich and I discuss the joys of sourdough bread, and we drink a Paloma. I'm your host, Brad Jackson, and you're listening to the August 14th, 2023 edition of Coffee and Koshan. So, Rich, one of my favorite things to do is make a good sandwich. I am a huge sandwich guy. I love sandwiches. I remember whenever I whenever I go on a diet, the hardest thing for me is getting rid of sandwiches because I love having a sandwich at lunch. And my favorite bread for a good sandwich is a sourdough bread. I love the the uh, different uh, flavor you get out of sourdough than you just get a standard, you know, white bread or whatever or, or even a wheat bread like that that f- little bit of funk that sourdough has is fantastic and you recently wrote uh, a great piece on our sub stack uh, defending the awesomeness of sourdough bread yes I am very much in agreement with you uh, I love steak I love sushi but s- sandwiches are just one of the best things on earth and it is so hard to cut it out of your diet And when it comes to making a sandwich, sourdough is the king. But there was this article at The Spectator, the uh, UK edition, where a writer bemoaned in her recent travels and and visits to various restaurants that she keeps being given sourdough, which she said is just the most awful bread on earth, uh, that it destroys the flavor of sandwiches because nothing can stand up to it, and that you need the... uh, I, I can't remember exactly how she phrased it, but uh, it was the the teeth and jawline of a hippopotamus in order to choose sourdough bread, which is just... <laughs> That's insulting. <laughs> it, it, it makes me think that she's never had good sourdough because, as you and I know, that there are definitely the more rustic, really crusty iterations of it. But there are also softer forms. There's a, a bakery where I live that does a loaf sourdough, you know, like sandwich bread, that's perfectly soft. And there are also a variety of funkiness levels to it, you know, from the, the super sour San Francisco version down to ones where you really can't taste the sourdough starter. And so it's just how someone could go on a diatribe against the best bread on earth and just be so wrong is beyond me. Well, let's talk about that starter for a minute because that is what makes sourdough sourdough. And uh, that's the sourdough starter. And it's essentially, and and people will keep these for generations. They'll literally pass these down family within a family. Um, They are these essentially like essentially a Mason jar, right? That's full of the sourdough starter and you, constantly feed that starter and then you take from that starter to make your uh, bread your the bread you actually eat but you constantly replenish that thing and it, it is a living organism essentially it's like a pet yes um, which is one reason why I've never been good at keeping the sourdough starter alive because I don't know what to do when I go on vacation <laughs> but um, uh, people love those things and uh, they take very good care of them and what I love about sourdough is is that sourdough you have from a starter that was started in Arkansas can taste different than the, than the super sour sourdough you mentioned in San Francisco, which can taste different than a sourdough from Texas or from New York or from Ireland. I mean, it, because it picks up the natural um, yeasts in your environment, each sourdough starter is a little bit different, and that's what I love. 
Yeah. And it's got a lot of health benefits that bread made with yeast doesn't have. It's got more uh, antibiotics. The sourdough starter actually kind of breaks down gluten in bread, which makes it a little easier to digest. It's got all these vitamins and minerals in it. And uh, like you said, it, it's a family heirloom and one that has to be fed. You know, there's a that great story in Kitchen Confidential when Anthony Bourdain is in the kitchen and the kitchen line rings, which means it's it's an important call. And he picks it up and, you know, his sous chef, I believe it was, is too hungover to come in and has called in to tell Tony, feed the bitch. And he's telling him to feed the sourdough starter so That's it right. doesn't die. That's right. Well, but they have to be cared for, literally. Yes. Um, but it's interesting to me. You're right, because I, I don't think everybody understands sourdough. But I think once you've had really good sourdough, particularly with a sandwich... It's like the best thing in the whole world. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I even like it for Italian sandwiches and everybody, oh, you need an Italian roll. No, man, I want sourdough with my salami and pepperoni and capicola and all that stuff. Now, you're not much of a baker yourself, right? No, I am not, which is interesting because I am the son of two accomplished bakers. My mom is just one of those magicians in the kitchen. And my dad has been baking bread since he was a kid. There was a woman in his neighborhood named Miss Cross. And I think he might have her sourdough starter, but I could be very wrong about that. And Miss Cross was famous for her bread and for her cinnamon rolls. And she taught my dad as a young man how to make her recipe so that it would live on. I'm, I guess she didn't have kids. And so my dad makes these Miss Cross cinnamon rolls and brings them to family reunions. He garners favors all around his town by taking pans of cinnamon rolls to people. You know, you take a, a pan of cinnamon rolls or a loaf of bread to someone at the bank or, you know, places you do business, all of a sudden you start getting a little bit better customer service. <laughs> but, Amen to that. But it's funny because my dad is good. But to go back to my mom, he was talking about baking something or making some dish one time and he, he was struggling with it. It wasn't turning out right. And he came in, the, my mom came in the kitchen and in my dad's words, he's like, well, she stuck her finger in it and then it fixed everything, which is a, a challenging thing to be her son because my mom has that ability to just cook things. But when she tries to tell you how to do it, there's always some magic missing step. So you can never really replicate her recipes, which is all to say, no, I'm not a baker. I cook all kinds of things, but the precision, the, the, the time it takes, I just, I, I've never gotten into baking. And so my dad has taught my daughters, Mrs. Cross's recipe to try to keep it living on. Yeah. Um, as my children can attest to, I am not the most patient person in the world. So I am not, <laughs> I am not a great baker either. Um, uh, because I just don't have the, I just don't have the patience for it. But I, I really respect people who are because I think it is, um, it is both a science and an art form, and it's amazing. Um, and actually, when you think about like the history of civilization, bread is such a key factor in how we went from being just cavemen and uh, hunter gatherers to being who we are today because we were able to make this nutritious 
uh, thing we could bake and carry around with us and feed everybody. And, and uh, bread really was a part of our, our becoming the humans we are today. Um, let me ask you this, Rich. So we're both sourdough fans. What is your favorite sandwich to have on sourdough bread? Oh, man, that's a tough one. I would probably go back to the aforementioned uh, Italian combo, which can go a bunch of different ways. Uh, the last Italian sandwich I made, it was actually on ciabatta because that's what I had. But I did a really good smoked ham from a smokehouse here in Arkansas. And then I had some sandwich-sized uh, slices of pepperoni and Genoa salami and onions and banana peppers. I would pickled some banana peppers myself. And had some also refrigerator pickles that I had made, and then some spicy brown mustard and some iceberg. N no health lettuce on this. You just want the crunch lettuce on it on this sandwich. <laughs> and so a sandwich like that on like like a, a mini sourdough loaf or something where you really get that crust. That that's what does it for me. What about you? <sighs> Also a tough answer, but I think I'd have to go with a club. I love a really good club sandwich on really good sourdough bread. Um, something like that. Just, uh, I, I just love that. <laughs> I'm getting hungry right now thinking about it. <laughs> and I just had food before we started this. So, <laughs> I mean, I just, I am such a huge fan of the sandwich. I think the sandwich is the ultimate vehicle to do just about anything you want. And um, it's it's easy. You can eat it, um, you know, one handed while you're working or watching something or or trying to corral your children or whatever. Um, I just love sandwiches and, and sourdough is my absolute favorite bread. Absolutely. I, the, the British gal was 100 percent wrong on this one. I, I mean, not to be too hard on them and, you know. Our last names, we obviously have a, a lot of Anglophile history or Ang English history in our lines. But when it comes to food, I, I don't know what our ancestors are were thinking. I mean, beans are great, but beans for breakfast? Yeah, just, uh -uh. The, the, there's something wrong. There's a reason that Indian food is probably the best British food. <laughs> That's a good point. It's not the uh, it's not the haggis that everybody's excited about over in the UK. <laughs> uh, all right. So with a great sandwich, you need a great drink. And uh, this week you're going to highlight the Paloma. Yes. And, you know, if we've done this before, Brad and I kind of thought we may have, but we couldn't find it anywhere. So, you know, feel free to chastise us for making a repeat. But it's hot out. And this is a great cocktail, and it's a simple one. So for the Paloma, you just need tequila, lime, salt, or some tahine, and a grapefruit soda. Uh, you can use uh, Q. It makes a line of cocktail sodas, ginger beer, things like that. They have a very good grapefruit soda. You can go uh, to the Mexican store and get a Mexican grapefruit soda. Uh, you could do a Fresca if you wanted to reduce the sugar. Uh, but it, all you do is you squeeze the juice of half a lime into a glass, into a salted glass, you know, rim the, 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 the glass with salt or tahine if you want to add a little spice. Uh, so then you add in the juice of half a lime, a couple of ounces of tequila, ice, and then fill it up the rest of the way with the grapefruit soda. And I would put the Paloma against the margarita. 
And I'm talking a good homemade margarita. Margaritas are great, but there's something about the Paloma, the slight almost bitterness of the grapefruit that all comes together with a good tequila. And it just makes a great pairing for a meal or just as a cocktail to sip on during a very hot summer. I got to say, I, I'm, a, I'm, I'm with you on that one. And I think people put too much stock in margaritas. Margaritas are fine. I'm, I'm not complaining about a margarita, even a good homemade margarita. But a Paloma is like when it's 105 for the 105th day in a row outside, like it is right now, um, a Paloma is so refreshing that I think it just it just beats the pants off a margarita every time. Uh, I just I love a Paloma when I'm out with friends and we're at like a Mexican place or something. I don't get a margarita. I get one of these. Exactly. And, you know, most Mexican restaurants are going to give you kind of a, a, a bad margarita. They're going to use, you know, the sweet and sour, or the mix or whatever, rather than making a margarita just because of volume. There's no way they could make enough by hand of squeezing limes and this and that. But if you order a Paloma, you're 100% getting the drink as it's supposed to be made. Yes, absolutely, which is one of the reasons I think it ends up being a better drink when you go out. You're right, because yeah. you get you get better quality tequila, you get better quality ingredients, and it's made by the bartender, not in batches uh, back in the kitchen like six hours ago. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. I, I think this is my this is my favorite uh, Latin cocktail. Uh, it's especially 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 in a summer and a summer like this where it's like you live in an oven for months on end. Yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm ready for fall. Fall, please. please Football, cooler temperatures, just all of it. I, I'm over summer. I am so over <laughs> summer. <laughs> all right, as always, Rich, thanks a bunch. Thank you, Brad. Thank you, Brad.